This week on Adventures in Social Anxiety, part three of my interview with Kathy Hopkins back in 2013. If I had been given kind of a free pass like this, you know, fibromyalgia and Asperger's, I think I would have milked it for everything it was worth when yeah. I was her age. From Santa Monica Place in Santa Monica, California, it's another anxiety party with Kathy Hopkins. Here, I'll examine anxieties and ways to deal all the ways. shortly after, you know, everything all went to hell. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, so, at least. So, uh... You know, and of course, different medications work for people differently. Yeah. So, it's, it's sometimes you do need to try different things before you find, settle on one that actually does what you need it to do without messing up the rest of your life. Because what's the point of having minimal or no anxiety yeah. if you're also glued to your couch all day? Yeah. <laughs> well, and... After all of going, going through all of this, um, it, it started off with my father-in-law who had a broken back and uh, he, he fell in his backyard and, and you know broke his back, and it, it took them took the medical um, what trying to say tech modern medicine about two years to actually diagnose the fact he was walking around with a broken back for two years. Oh wow! And uh, um, and then they did back surgery, which. Uh, Put him into so much pain, it, it almost made things worse. Yeah. And, uh, and back surgery hardly ever goes perfectly right. It's like right. half and half, maybe. Well, and he was diabetic, so it took him forever to heal. Oh yeah. Um, and he smoked, but uh, mm -hmm. and that also cuts down on healing. Right. But the thing is, when he got when when he got into a lot of pain, he felt like cigarettes. So. Oh. So, uh, but but the thing is, you know, just trying to find out what was going on with him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Debbie would go to his doctor's appointments with him and uh, what we kind of found found out is that the way modern medicine works if you go in with a broken arm yeah or cancer or a heart attack uh -huh. they open the playbook and everything's great they know exactly what to do yes um, but if you go in with persistent back pain mm -hmm. or uh, something like Asperger's syndrome and you're a girl you'll usually get an ibuprofen or something and they'll send you on your way for any of that yeah. <laughs> But, but I mean, uh, Amanda was a girl, so no one even thought about As Asperger's syndrome. Because most mostly people, guys. it's mostly guys, yeah. Um, or fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. I'm still not 100% convinced that fibromyalgia is what the issue is. It's just, to me, the diagnosis of the year. Right. Because, they, you know, they've, they've, they've gone through like four or five different diagnoses for her. Uh -huh. uh, but the treatment for fibromyalgia seems to be helping her. So whether it's fibromyalgia yeah. or not, at least that's, you know. Nice. Uh, but uh, we have lost a lot of faith in uh, medicine. And, uh, and there are some things, like until recently, most doctors didn't even believe fibromyalgia existed yeah. or certain other things. You know, uh, you think about how many decades ago, like short amount of time, people, you know, thought of depression differently and anxiety differently. Mm -hmm. And they thought maybe, you know, people were just overreacting to things. 
Well, yeah. In the 50s and 60s, and, you know, even in the 70s, when I was growing up and I was dealing with my, I don't know if I would have been diagnosed with that Asperger's, but I definitely had a lot of Asperger's characteristics. Uh -huh. um, the the major uh, prescription was suck it up, uh -huh. you know. Walk it off. You know, stop being a weenie. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, um, so, so, yeah, people are getting a lot more help now, but it's just that there's a lot of, of areas where nobody seems to know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And, it's a lot of uh, experimental stuff going on still. Yeah. Well, and as I understand it, fibromyalgia is the diagnosis of last resort. If you checked yeah. everything else, if it's not mononucleosis, if it's not um, uh, lupus, if it's not, mm. you know, it's not this, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, we're going to call yeah. it fibromyalgia. And like basically it's like the, the fibrous connective tissue and everything and the, the algae is pain. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, you're just hurting all over, basically, <laughs> you know? Sounds like you have some experience. A little bit. Yeah. Not for me personally, but from medical terminology stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. You learned all about coding, that. Yes, yeah. Okay. The, the word prefix, prefixes, suffixes, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the treatments that seem to do her the most good are, uh, they're not covered. Yeah. Uh, like, like, uh, acupun that, acupuncture seems to do her a lot of good. Yeah. Um, I've heard great things about it yeah. for Chi so many types of issues. Chiropractic does me a lot of good, but mm. the, it's barely covered by my plan. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, um, so, boy, this went off in a different direction here. But <laughs> That's fine. You know what? A lot of these things, like, they're, they're good for not just the fibromyalgia, but, you know, helping with anxieties and stuff. Because mm -hmm. if you're hurting all the time, also, especially if you have a pre existing anxiety and depression issue or anything it's going to make it worse and so anything you can do to treat the pain portion of stuff mm -hmm. will help with the other conditions as well yep and and so kind of where i was going with this is amanda is such a great kid uh -huh. that uh um she had uh, she had an assignment that was due and she actually as i said she had a very understanding teacher so she was allowed mm -hmm. to turn it in two, two weeks late and, okay uh, uh, it was a 70-point assignment. The teacher only knocked 10 points off because she turned it in two weeks late. Okay. Uh, that never would have happened when I was a child. Oh, that's definitely not. No, yeah, it would have been an automatic F. Uh, but, uh, you know, at, as this whole thing was going on, at one point I sat down with her and I said, I just don't know what to do. I said, I keep trying to, you know, point you in the right direction, uh, you know, give you some, some ideas. You know, I've got nearly 40 years more experience than you do um so you know I, i'm just trying to and, and, and i said it just drives me nuts she says you think it doesn't drive me nuts either and and she told me that she really appreciates everything that i do mm -hmm. um and uh you know she doesn't get angry with me or anything like that yeah uh, and that's awesome they get to talk and, about and, and she just wishes you know that we could just wave a magic wand uh -huh. and everything would be better Oh, if only. Yes, if only, yes. At the and end then, of the magic wand is the perfect pill. <laughs> yes. And then I'd have a daughter with a degree and a career and living on her own and presenting me with grandchildren. And <laughs> <laughs> at least you know there's, like, it's not like she's, you know, someone who just chooses to do no nothing. You know, at least you know that you and she and, you know, her mom are, like, all working on it. Oh, yeah. And, and she's one of the most motivated kids I've ever known. And it, right. It, uh, I, I have said that if I had been given kind of a free pass like this, you know, fibromyalgia and Asperger's, I think I would have milked it for everything it was worth when yeah. I was her age. Of course. Uh, as, as I've gotten older, you know, you get a little more responsible. But, yeah. Uh, um, it's not know, something was, to use, it's something to work through. Yeah, right. Um, uh, but then again, that's, that's always been... Uh, 
I'm getting a lot of garbage cans going back and forth. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's always been the problem, is where do you draw the line? Um, and, you know, more sources of anxiety here. Yes. Is, is are we buying into this fibromyalgia, Asperger's thing uh-huh. uh, too much? Like, or oh, are things we, are difficult, so things at diagnoses. Yeah. Or... or or are we pushing her too hard? Are we actually trying to, you know, to make her do things that she's not capable of doing? Right. But that she really, really wants to do. And yeah, where's the balance on that? Where's yeah. the balance between accepting there is a diagnosis uh, or diagnoses versus um, being a little bit in denial about the impact of mm-hmm. those? You know, you have to figure out, and it's hard because you're not the one feeling the symptoms that, that she is specifically feeling. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a parent, I can see how you'd be like. Oh, am I guilt? Am I doing things wrong right. too much? Ah, I'm ruining um, things. And me being the guy, uh-huh. and being the guy who was always told to suck it up when I was having similar problems, have always been the one that was pushing more towards like we need to push her harder. Yes, we, we you know that's her condition that way. Yeah, and uh, and you know Debbie is, is the one you know she's the more nurturing of the mm. two, and I think she tends to be more on the accurate side of things than I do most. Nice. So, so it's a good thing that uh, she loves me dearly. It's <laughs> <laughs> gotten you past a few things, huh? Yes. It sounds like there's a really good balance between you two, though. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we, we're, we're a good good match. Um, I, I think I mentioned when I first met her, I didn't think she was my type at all. Uh-huh. She didn't think I was her type. Um, but... but... Well... You may have to shorten this up a little bit, but uh, <laughs> uh, what happened was I had a roommate, who's uh-huh. a really good friend of mine. I met him in the S training, uh-huh. uh, probably my best, second best friend in the world, actually, at that time. Um, and uh, uh, while I was off on a water skiing trip, he was in an automobile accident oh. and, and broke his neck. Yeah. And, uh, and so he was, I don't, you know what a respiratory quad is. Yeah. Okay, that's what he was. Uh-huh. And if he hadn't been in such incredibly good physical condition he wouldn't have made it to the hospital oh wow and as a matter of fact uh one of the nurses told me later that the doctor felt bad because the only reason he made it to the hospital was the person behind him on the freeway when, when he had the accident yeah. was a doctor and got to him oh, right away if it had to happen at least it was that yeah yeah and and the doctor felt bad that once he found out what his condition was that that, that he had kept him alive Oh. And I told the nurse, I said, you tell that doctor he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Right. Uh, but he was in ICU for six weeks. Oh, then, wow. And then he died. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so but how was the doctor to know lovely, right away? I mean. Lovely story. Anyway, as oh. it happened, uh, he worked as a, uh, a gopher at the publishing company that Debbie was working at. Okay. And I knew a bunch of people who worked there. We were all assholes. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and so uh, she... And I were working on a um, 10K race. Nice. Uh, I was head of logistics, and she was on the registration team. And so she realized who I was, and she came over, and she gave me her phone number, and she said, they won't tell us anything on the phone from the hospital. Right. And I said, well, the hospital's two blocks from where I live, so I'm there every day after work, uh-huh. uh, hoping to get in and, you know, at least see Ronnie. Uh, and, uh, um, and so she said, well, if you could call me once in a while, and you know, just let me know how he's doing. Because at this time, we didn't know he was dying. Yeah. And uh, I said, sure. And she gave me your phone number. Mm-hmm. And 
as I said, it was later. I was like, it's not really my type, but I've got her number. Right. I'm not dating anybody right now. True. And uh, opportunity. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so we, uh, um, you know, I called her a few times, let her know how Ronnie was, and then I asked her if she wanted to go out sometime. Oh. And uh, and she said yes. And then about a week before this 10K run was going to happen, we were, were both in a, a meeting about what was going to be going on. Yeah. And as we're walking out, no, it was, it, it was the night before we were going to go out. It was a Thursday night. We were going out Friday. The 10K was on Saturday. Okay. And so uh, uh, so as we're walking out, I just looked at her and said, okay. I have been through a whole series of six-week-long six platonic relationships with women that have not worked out. And <laughs> I said, I'm getting kind of sick of this. So before we go out, could we go someplace and have a cup of coffee and just talk about what we want out of a relationship? Yeah. Because it might not even be worth going out. Right. And, uh, and so she invited me back to her place. Uh -huh. Hey. <laughs> And she made some tea, and we sat across her kitchen table, and I tried something I had never tried before. I was brutally honest. Uh -huh. I told her exactly what I wanted out of a relationship, mm -hmm. and where I wanted the relationship to go. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids and all of that. Right. Out, she wanted to get hooked exactly. on so up with someone or hooked on someone. Yeah. If I know, no, I don't want to have kids, and you do. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Well, and... Uh, talked about sex a little bit, which she said was almost a deal breaker right there. <laughs> luckily oh, almost. It wasn't. Yeah, luckily it wasn't, and I almost didn't make it out of the apartment. But she said, no, no, we haven't been on our first official date. Oh. So the next night we went out, and, uh, um, and you know, Ronnie was still in the hospital. Yeah. And so his his family was actually staying in the house that he was living in. Oh, okay. And uh, um, uh, Ronnie's dad thought it was very funny because I went out with Debbie and he didn't see me for like two weeks. <laughs> oh, no. I'd come by and get some clothes every morning. So nice. we, we were perfect for each other. And, uh, the, the biggest thing, I think, was uh, that we made each other laugh. You know, and that's the thing. is like you can look at someone and get an idea about whether you might have something for them. But then you start talking to them and getting the chemistry going. Mm -hmm. And if once that kicks in... That's the real make or break. Mm -hmm. So you could think by looking at someone, oh, they're not your physical type or whatever. And then suddenly all that vanishes mm -hmm. if it just fits. If like the discussions and the, the laughter and all that. Mm -hmm. That's but great. The, the weirdest thing is probably after we've been going out for two or three weeks, we decided that we were just going to be exclusive. Nice. Going steady. Uh-oh. Uh, and uh, since most of my clothes were in her house at that time, it <laughs> that was the place over here about a mile away from here. Okay. And, uh, um, and so we made that decision one evening. The next day, I had two absolutely gorgeous women, two, ask me out. Isn't I that how never, it happens? I had never had a woman ask me out ever before. Oh, it's true. And, that and, and, the moment and, you're off the market. Yes, and, uh, and, and two different women came up to me and said, you know, I'd like to hang out with you. So it's like, oh. Oh, <laughs> no, I can't. Why now? <laughs> yes. Where were you four weeks ago? You know? <laughs> yes. So, uh, it was a glowing confidence you had. Yes. And that's the only thing I can figure is that once I didn't have that kind of air of desperateness about me, you know, I can see that. I, yeah. I, I think I, I'm not going to reveal too many female secrets, but I think we have a secret way of knowing. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, you know, I, I had been unconsciously driving women off for a long, long time, apparently. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, there were some times when I was just completely clueless. Yeah. Know, where, when there were women that I look back now and were definitely interested in me. Uh -huh. And it was low self-esteem. I, I could not believe that anybody would actually be interested in me. So I was second-guessing that I would or? run. Oh. So, so I discovered that at least in that one particular point in time, total honesty was a really great thing. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing is because then at least you're not doubting stuff, and uh, especially if, if you have the habit of with a low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you, but I would just assume that they were around until the better thing came along or um, there's nothing else going on or just being nice. They don't want to hurt my feelings. But then, oh, that's like, why don't I just break it off before they do? So that's it for this week. I wanted to find a way to thank Kathy for allowing me to use this interview. So I went looking on the internet and I found a GoFundMe that's about nine months old that was for emergency surgery for her son, Jaden. It hadn't reached its goals, so I kicked in a few bucks, and I encourage you to do the same thing, because she's a good good sport for allowing me to uh, just use this interview. I'll put a link in the show notes. Kick in a few bucks. She'd do it for you. Hey there. I'd like to ask a little favor. If you like this podcast, please give it a five-star rating on whatever app or site you use to listen to it. This will help to get it out there to more people. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Just search for Senior Geek 49 That's S-E-N-I-O-R-G-E-E-K-4-9. All run together in one word. And it, it took them, took the medical... Um, what I'm trying to say. 